Well, good morning, church. It's uh, great to have you here on this Advent Sunday. Great if you're in uh, church with us, and uh, wonderful too if you're online. We welcome you to this uh, service. Some 500 years ago, Thomas Cranmer wrote the words to this incredible prayer as we uh, look at this Advent Sunday. Let me pray it for you. Let's pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came amongst us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Matthew 1.23 says these words that we all know. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Will you stand with me as we sing this wonderful hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
For those who don't know me, my name is Colin Judge and I'm part of this 8am service and I have the privilege of leading uh, this special Advent service. So this is the fourth Sunday before Christmas. It's a time of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of the Nativity of Christ at Christmas and the return of Christ at his second coming. So we'll be having readings, songs, choir items, and a message from the Bible from Andrew. Most of that will be unannounced as we go through the service. But before we do any of that, some church news. Christmas time, hello, I'm making cake. You can smell it in the air. Jesus' birthday is getting closer. Mm. Now, if you haven't met us before, I'm Christmas Stew, and this is Christmas Stevie. And we're here to let you know about what's coming up at St. Matt's this festive season. Well, as always, December 24th and 25th are when it all happens here at St. Matt's. Christmas Eve is a Sunday this year, which means that our regular Sunday services are being replaced with our five Christmas services happening throughout the afternoon and into the evening. At 3 and 4.30 p.m. we have our family service. 
and evening carols will be running at 7, 9 and 11 p.m. On Christmas Day, we'll have our traditional Christmas service at 8 a.m. and a contemporary service at 10 a.m. Now lock in a service or two uh, that you'd like to come along to and start thinking about who you could invite to join us this year as we celebrate the arrival of our Saviour. As Christmas approaches, things are getting busy. One of our busiest Christmas angels is Amanda Punnett and her steadfast team of Christmas hamper helpers. Now this year, almost 200 hampers will be prepared and distributed to people in need amongst our family here at St. Matt's, as well as to our partners at the Salvation Army, Northern Beaches Women's Shelter, Soup Kitchen, Northern Beaches Hospital, and Community Northern Beaches. Our team carefully picks and packs these hampers, writes thoughtful Christmas cards, and delivers them to those people who need some extra love this Christmas. Now, if you would like to donate towards this wonderful cause, you can find the link to that in Bruce's weekly email or on the website, and these donations are tax deductible. Now, as we get busy planning our Christmas services, there are plenty of jobs that we'd love your help with. If you'd like to help out in any way this Christmas, then please find one of these connection cards under the seat in front of you and fill out our online form. And if you're new or visiting this week, then this is a great way for you to get in touch with someone here at the church. Well, that's all from us this week. We'll be back over the next few weeks to give you some more details about what's happening this Christmas at St. Matt's. Happy birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. See ya. We come now to a time of prayer. Would you join me as I lead us? Heavenly Father, as we join together for this very special Advent service, we give you thanks and praise for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue and save us. And we thank you too for the promise of his coming again. May we live as people who believe and know these truths in our hearts. Lord, our hearts are saddened that fighting has started again in the Middle East following the short ceasefire earlier last week, which allowed release of hostages and arrival of aid in Gaza. We pray for mercy for the people suffering in this conflict and the conflict in the Ukraine and other places around our troubled world. We ask for people of peace to rise up so that lasting peace will come for all. Thank you for all the students at McKellar Girls, Manly Selective and Balgala Boys High Schools who have heard the gospel on a regular basis this year, including 800 at Balgala Boys every week. Thank you, God, for this open door for the message of Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, that students would remember Jesus at Christmas and the hope that he brings to their lives. Lord, thank you for the groups that have come together this year, all finishing soon for the year. We give you thanks for the many who have come to ESL, Minimats, Inspire, KYB, Men's Smoko, Soup Kitchen, Soulmates, and all the growth groups. We thank you for the leaders and helpers who are vital to the preparation and smooth running of these groups. We thank you and praise you for the privilege of serving you through these ministries. Our gracious and loving God, we bring before you today those 
amongst our congregation who are suffering through ill health and other infirmities. We especially remember Jean Colton from this congregation as she recovers in rehab from a kneecap injury. Thank you for her wonderful positive spirit and we ask that the knee will heal so that she might enjoy Christmas with family. We especially thank you today for the life of Helen Nunn who died this week. Thank you that she is no longer suffering with terrible Huntington's disease. We give you grateful thanks for her life of commitment and trust and her always smiling face in the midst of such adversity. We pray for her husband Rod, children Rowena, Merrilee and Matthew and their families as they grieve her loss. And we pray for the service here on Thursday as we give thanks for her life. Dear Lord, in this busy season, keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Help us to steer clear of distractions that would dishonour your name. May we be filled with thankfulness and peace, bringing glory and honour to you. Amen. Would you join me now as we say together the words of the Lord's Prayer, which will appear on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. John and I are going to bring the readings to you today. And the first reading comes from Luke 1, 57 to 60. Then it's followed by Luke 1, 67 to 79. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. 
The next reading is from John, chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John 1, 15 to 27. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one crying, calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent, questioned him, why then do you baptise if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptise with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie.
Luke 1, 39 to 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promise to her. The next reading is from Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which is just as they had been told.
In the next lot of readings, I will be reading from the Old Testament about the prophecies of Jesus, and John will be reading in the New Testament. Isaiah 11, 1 to 5. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. 
With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Luke chapter 2 verses 21 to 35. On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too.
The incarnation of Jesus is uh, one of the central doctrines of our Christian faith and it affirms that God took human form in the body of Christ. Fully human, fully God. We're now going to sing a hymn laden with that spiritual truth. The fulfilment of prophecy, the supremacy of Christ, his love and our praise of him. This will also be our collection hymn, so will you stand with me as we sing.
Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens above. Praise him the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his ark. Praise the Lord. Colossians, chapter 1, verses 9 to 23. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven 
and of which I, Paul, have become a servant.
Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 9. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teachings, the islands will put their hope. This is what the great, what the God, sorry, this is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches out them out, who spreads out the earth with all its springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Final reading is from Revelations, chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children.
Well, good morning for me, for our guests. My name's Andrew. I'm one of the ministers here. It's great to have you joining us here uh, for this special Advent service this morning, where we've had such a, a, a rich uh, program of readings, of prayer and of song. Um, I'm going to focus now for the next few minutes on what you could call one of the, the very first Christmas carols. It was actually heard earlier today in, in the second reading that Trish brought for us from the end of, Luke's gospel, uh, from the end of Luke chapter 1. It's the Song of Zechariah. It's known as the Song of Zechariah, and it was written even before Jesus was born. And uh, like, the, like the best of more recent carols, Zechariah's song gives us powerful reason for hope, for joy, for peace. And hope and joy and peace are things that can be hard to find. Now, our grasp of Zechariah's song, uh, like many songs, is enriched when you understand the story behind the song. And much of that story is, is told in the first part of Luke chapter 1. The story behind the song of Zechariah is a story of longing and a story of fulfilment. Zechariah is... Uh, one of the people of God who were longing for better days. They were living in difficult times. It had been a long time since they had heard from God. 400 years since the last prophet Malachi had spoken. And their present time was very dark. They, they had God's promises, but things were not good under the Romans. And they longed for a better day a day when the light would shine into their darkness. At a more personal level, Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth had been longing for a child of their own. They'd prayed, they'd waited, they'd prayed, and now they were very old. I imagine they may have given up on ever having a child. So into the midst of this story of longing, for the first time in over 500 years, the angel Gabriel turns up. So Elizabeth, uh, sorry, um, Zechariah, who's a, a, a priest and works at the temple, is busy with his work one day when Gabriel turns up. Now, understandably, he is startled, to say the least, terrified, is more accurate. But the angel Gabriel had good news, good news for Zechariah and for the people of God. Uh, we heard it as Trish read for us earlier uh, from verse 14 and 15 of Luke chapter 1. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. Wonderful news for Zachariah and Elizabeth, but good news also for all of God's people. Because as he goes on to say, Gabriel says he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, these are astonishing words for Zechariah. Not only will he and his wife have the child they've longed for, their child, their son John, 
will end up having a critical role in the unfolding plans of God for the salvation of the world. Gabriel's words actually echo the very last words we read in the Old Testament, written 400 years beforehand, where God promised he would send a prophet like the old prophet Elijah to prepare the way for the Lord himself to come in person into the world. So Malachi uh, says this, He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Do you hear the echo of Malachi's words in Gabriel's words? Zechariah's son will be that prophet that was promised who would prepare for the way of the Lord. Now, this is overwhelmingly good news for Zechariah, but he is taken aback, and there's a, there's a surprise in store for him. Gabriel responds to his lack of belief in what he tells him, and Zechariah is struck dumb. He won't speak again till his little boy is born. How's that for a backstory to a song? It's an amazing story behind the song. It helps you understand why nine months later, when little John turns up, their little baby, um, Zachariah's had nine months to reflect on what he'll say. And we're told at, just before he, he sings, we're told that he was filled with the Spirit and that through him God prophesied. Zachariah spoke the very words of God as he recited this song. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people. Praise be to God, he says. You've remembered your promises, God. You've heard our prayers, God. You've answered our prayers. You've done what you said you would do. The first things that come from this man who's been, from the mouth of this man who's been struck dumb for nine months are words of praise to God. But then he turns his attention to his little boy. He looks at his little boy and he says in verse 76, you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord. You'll prepare the way for the Messiah who'll visit us, who'll bring us mercy, who'll bring salvation, who'll forgive our sin, who'll give light to our dark days, who'll guide our feet in the way of peace. After all the waiting, after all the praying, after all the longing, all of the silence, God has listened. God has remembered. God has answered. See, one of the big themes of the Song of Zechariah is that God makes good on his word. I actually counted 10 references, and there might be more, in the Song of Zechariah, which recalls specific promises that God had made long before Jesus had come, long before John had come. And one of the standout ones is one that we know a bit about here at 8 o'clock church because we had a sermon on it a couple of months ago. From the end of Psalm 148, there is the prophecy of someone who is called a horn of salvation, who will be raised up by God. In, in ancient Israel, a, a horn is a, a symbol of strength. And the horn of salvation uses his strength 
to save his people, to defeat our enemies, to defeat our enemies of sin and Satan and judgment and death. See, it turns out that the, the backstory to the Song of Zechariah goes back before Gabriel had spoken, goes back before Malachi had spoken, goes back, David is mentioned at one point, and even Abraham from the 12th chapter of the Bible, way back then, God had made promises which are going to be fulfilled in a way that, that John is preparing for. That promise to Abraham was actually a covenant that God made with Abraham which would overcome the curse that he had made on the human race as a result of our sin. It was a promise, an oath that God swore to Abraham that he would bring blessing to people everywhere, all over the world, through every generation, through what a descendant of Abraham would do. So, so Zechariah's song, just a few lines, is filled with God-given wisdom. He knows, he understands that his son, he won't fully understand it, but he knows that his son will have a big part to play in the story we now know will feature the cousin of, of Zechariah, Jesus, who brings that blessing that God promised through Abraham and through David and through Malachi. John will prepare the way for the one who is the horn of salvation that the prophets, the prophets had spoken about and all of the other things that had been preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. So in his song, Zechariah praises God and so might we as we sit and listen to those stories again. And we can know that, that the beautiful promises God made long before Jesus came have been fulfilled in history. We can, know that, we can know that history because Zechariah's song is embedded in the Gospel of Luke, which is a, a carefully researched account of all the things that took place in preparation for Jesus coming and when he came and what he left behind. We can know the certainty of things that, that, that are said about Jesus in the Bible because of Luke's Gospel. And Zechariah's song is a part of that Gospel. Zechariah's song gives us reassurance that the joy we experience in Christ today and the hope we have for the future is built on the character of God himself. God who makes good on his promises. And we have evidence of that in the past and we can be completely confident that all of the other promises that he has made about the future of the world, that our, that our hope is powerfully resting in his character and in his word. Hey, don't you love the way that Zechariah looks down on his little boy? He looks down his little, on his little boy. He, he found it hard to believe what Gabriel had told him. But now he's got proof in his arms of God's power and of his faithfulness, of his faithfulness resting there in his arms. As a new dad, can you imagine how delighted he was? As a devoted man of God, can you imagine how glad he was? Salvation is coming for my people. Forgiveness of sins. Times have been dark, but the light is beginning to shine and it will shine so brightly when Jesus comes. See, in this Advent service this morning, we've seen the way that God would prepare for the coming of his own son, 
through the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Listening to Zachariah's song gives strong nourishment to our souls. See, Jesus, John did come, and as a man, he proved to be the man we now know of as John the Baptist, who bravely called people to return to God. It was not a popular message. In fact, it led to his imprisonment and his execution, foreshadowing in some ways what would happen to his cousin, Jesus. See, John came and he called people to return to God, to prepare the way for the Lord. And when the Lord comes, he comes and he secures our forgiveness by his blood, by his own blood shed for us. What we know from the story of Jesus is that as much as his work of saving us is completed as he goes to the cross, his work continues in the world where he now rules. He's the one that God the Father has placed in charge of our world. And more than that, he's promised that he will come again. And we've just heard those beautiful promises from the end of Revelation, and we've heard a song about them. Zechariah's song confirms that God is a promise-keeping God, and, and, and as difficult as we might find God's promises to believe at times, because our circumstances scream that they're not true, we can rely completely on him, that no matter how long it takes... No matter how long we have to wait, in God's tender mercy, one day Jesus will come. One day he will come to renew this dark world in justice and truth, in love and in mercy. So this morning is a great time for us to be looking back in thankfulness to that arrival of Jesus in our world and the preparation that God provided, especially through John, but also through the scriptures that were written about him beforehand. It's, it's a great day to be thankful to God as we look back. But it's also a wonderful day to look forward in keen anticipation, in eager anticipation when, when the day comes, as he promised, that Jesus will come and renew this whole creation. So in a moment, we're going to sing a classic hymn about the one who was once for helpless sinners slain, who one day will come again in clouds descending. We're going to sing in a moment, Lo, He Comes. But first, I'm going to read Zechariah's song for you again. We're told his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his prophets, of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show his mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Would you like to stand? We're going to sing 
low he comes.
in a moment we're going to say a benediction together that will be up on the screen. What a great hymn to finish our service this morning. Before we uh, sing that benediction, though, I want to thank God for the people that have put this together. Mark Benstead, our organist, our singers, Barbara and Margaret and Martin and Eleanor, uh, and our violinist, Eriko and Shem, and our readers, of course, John and Trish. But together, let's say this wonderful benediction. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honour all people. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Will you join us for morning tea in the function room? Thank you.